What's up, church planters and church planting enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you are a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Hey, Matt, what's up? What's going on, brother? Man, uh, I'm going to Utah. That's right, today. man. Later on today, you're flying out. The home of the Mormons. Dude. Salt Lake City. That's that's incredible, man. Yeah, I we're going to go turn the tables on them, and we're going to go knock <laughs> on their doors. Yeah, you are. Yeah, we are. I, I, I can't wait to hear about it, man. I, th- I think it's going to be a great trip for you and you know your church. Yeah, it's so first ever mission trip for the Fellowships Network. It's awesome. Yeah, so we're, we're pretty pumped about that. Yeah, um, man. I guess by the time this episode comes out, we will have already returned. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. We can still talk about it. So. <laughs> yeah, we're, we've got some friends that are, uh, that are missioners there and church planters. And uh, so we're going to just go down there and yeah. serve them. And, and I think go out and, and do some gospel sharing. And uh, it's, man, I tell you what, like I, I was, I was telling Jen, uh, we, you know, every church planter says they got a hard field and they're in hard soil. Da, da, da. I think that's like way overused uh, yeah. of a phrase. Uh, and I mean, you know, Canada's the most lost region, you know, in North yeah. America. Yeah. But I tell you what, I think, right, that Salt Lake City, Provo, Utah corridor, that's by far the most lost, like, city. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I know in Provo, it's 0.4% evangelical Christian. I mean, it's unbelievably lost. Yeah, it's tough dynamics, right? Because they have, it's different, it's different things, you know? It's like, we're we're in a post-Christian context here, where they're in a they're in a religious context yeah. where everybody's Mormon. Well, and it and it sounds it sounds Christian like Christianity. Like yes. they use the same language, but they mean different things. That's so true, when man. They, when they use the same language, that's what makes it such a a tough place. That's why these that's why these cults, which make no mistake about it, Mormonism, Jehovah Witness, they're cults, man, by definition. But that's why they're so difficult when you when you go in and when you hear what they espouse and what they teach and stuff. It looks so much. I mean, like I'll be looking. I'll be doing sermon prep or something like that, and I'm trying to get a different take on something. And I'll Google something, you know, and I'll, I'll click on an article, and I'm like, "This is JW.org, man." Like, oh it, man, this is some good stuff. <laughs> Wait a second. You know, shift it and say like, you know, Al Mohler says, yeah. and it's but but it's 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 true, and it's that's why it looks so dangerous. No, we're super proud, man, and we're super excited for the network that you guys are going and doing that. And you know, somebody asked me um, one thing: we're we're shifting at Fellowship Pickering this year is. You know, we've always been a church on mission, but it's like, you know, what does it look like to go and be on mission, you know, from Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria? You know, we've always, like, we're missionaries, right? So you come here and you start churches and you're like, we are on mission. But then it's like, wait a minute, like, you got to get your people to think, you know, about the world. And we've always done that, like, through cooperative giving. We spotlight some stuff, but it's like, no, man, we got to do a better job of, like, reaching you know, Judea, Jerusalem, you know, so we got some stuff lined up this year and, and starting to think through, you know, what that looks like. So yeah, yeah. what do you, what do you, what do you laugh about? <laughs> Just like how you, you keep like messing up the order of Acts 1-8. What I, what I say? Ju- Judea, Jerusalem, Jerusalem is home. <laughs> Jerusalem, you know Judea, what I mean, Samaria, man? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. I love yeah, you, man. man. The awesome. J&J, <laughs> J&J back again. Jerusalem, mm-hmm. Judea. Yeah, man. I know what you meant. It's the heart that counts. You know what I'm talking about, It's bro. the heart that counts. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, we're we're excited about that. It'll be, 
we're dude so we're taking a team me and jen are taking five others with us yeah you and i literally me. believe i think i think one of them has been on a plane before yeah and uh two of them have been out of the country yeah so like three of the five have never left canada Four of the five have never been on a plane. Wow. Like the one, one of the two that's left Canada went to Buffalo, <laughs> which like, doesn't really like, count. Like, yeah, I mean, Buffalo is like Oshawa. It's basically, it's not any different. Yeah. It's just a big version of Oshawa. Yeah. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to say the least. We're, we're like, we, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. So I told, I told your wife, Jen, before we started recording this morning, said somebody's going to holler out on the plane. We're all going to die. <laughs> Uh, if any of them do that, I'll act like I don't know them. Who is that guy? Yeah. You know, but yeah, it, it's it's funny, man. Like thinking back about if you've been born and raised in one place and you never really gone anywhere. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people who's never gotten on a plane. Well, that's why we're doing this though, because it's such a cool opportunity for them to go yeah. and, and, and I don't know experience a missions mindset. Because, like you said, like we're on mission. Like we, Jen and I, recognize this as a mission field because yeah. we came here and. But but they've lived. They're born and raised yeah, here, so they don't see it. They, yeah, well, I mean, they and they do. They see it like the the team that we're taking, especially these five. Oh like, yeah, like they're they're, solid. they're all like very active in the harvest with us. And yeah, really faithful. That's one of the reasons that they're going on this trip is because they they've proven their metal, so to speak. Yeah, uh, here uh, on the home front, and so yeah. uh, you know we're taking them with us to get them to stretch their experience a little bit. So yeah, what yeah. are you laughing at? I was just when. You- when you're like, they've proven them their metal. I'm thinking like, you know, like what they they had you put them through like obstacles and stuff. Like, okay, guys, you got your stopwatch out there. Okay, guys, go knock on doors. Like, <laughs> Thirteen or whatever. So what's wrong with that? <laughs> well, we're not supposed to do that. You're like, oh, sorry, sorry, brother. Hey, Matt, am I the evangelism coordinator for the network or not? I mean, are you gonna let me do this? You, you're like, I'm the strategist here, buddy. That's, oh yeah, strategist. I forgot what you I'm, can call yourself, coordinator man. Whatever. You can call yourself whatever care. you want. I don't care. Yeah, I, forgot, I did. I forgot what it's called. Well, anyways, we're we're excited and, and about um about you guys going out there and hearing about the harvest. Speaking of the harvest, Speaking our topic of, today. Yeah, man. So uh, today I just wanted to talk about um, creating a culture of evangelism from the start of your church plant from the very mm. beginning. And we've done an episode on evangelism before, but it was kind of more of a of a like a how to in the harvest and and how to reach yeah. people. And this is more about creating a a culture. And here's why I think this is an important episode um, and something we want to talk about. Uh, I think that every church plant starts wanting to reach lost people, right? And you know, like that's obvious. Like you know, that's the reason that we plant churches and. Um, and they and they continue to want to reach lost people, mm-hmm. uh, at least through the early years. But oftentimes, what happens is that uh, church plants and church planters will begin to revert back to what they know. Yeah, uh, they'll begin to revert back to what's what's normal, what is you know what we see uh, in church culture, and that is we begin to uh, become very Sunday morning service centric, mm-hmm. uh, and we begin to rely more and more on marketing. Um, we start to do less and less uh, outreach in terms of evangelism, and it just kind of takes over, and, and we can kind of it's kind of like a current, you know, we can kind of drift and we can be drifting so slowly. We can look up a year later and be like, man, we are so far off track from our original vision and our original mission. What happened? And so I think a lot, 
man, I think that happens way more often than we realize. Uh, and I know that for us, I'll, I'll share a little bit here in, in, in a moment about our experience, but that started to happen to us and we had to kind of course correct, yeah. uh, you know, within the first year because we started noticing that. Happening. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, yeah, today I just want to talk about how do you keep from slipping into that consumeristic yeah. mindset where, you know, okay, we're going to come and we're going to do this service on Sunday morning and we've got to work on making our Sunday morning experience better so that yeah. we can get more people to come and keep on coming to Sunday mornings. And then that begins to consume all your time and your energy. Yeah, man. Well, you said something I don't want us to miss there. You know, you said you had to make the correction and you will again. That's the, that literally the definition of leadership is realigning your people back to the primary vision that God's given you as a church. And, um, we're in, we're in, we're one of those seasons, you know, we turned five in a, in a couple of weeks, we're, we're going to be five years old as a church. And we've had seasons where we've really emphasized evangelism and we started the church with evangelism and we've done all that. And you kind of drift from it a little bit and you got to come back. And we're in a season right now where we've, I feel like we've drifted over the past year and we've got to come back. And so there's things we're doing this year to really bring us back on task to that. And, your church will go through seasons, but you know, in terms of evangelism, there's, there's things that we're going to talk about today that will help you keep it on track, help you to keep it prioritized. And as a leader, you're the one that has to, you're the one that has to do it. You know, your people aren't going to do it. Um, they're going to be fine with it. And I think the tension that we wrestle with is, you know, as your church grows, what do you, you, you don't just say, well, Sunday mornings don't matter. We've talked about that before they matter. So, you know, certain things you want to, to, to be excellent. You want, you want, um, your guest services stuff to, to be pro productive and efficient and all those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, um, we plant churches to reach lost people and you can yeah. reach lost people through your Sunday morning service if you do it right. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, we plant churches to reach lost people and make disciples. Yep. And so to me, We've been talking a lot about this as uh, as a staff at Fellowship Pickering. You know, to me, it's not rocket science. Your church grows when you spend time in prayer, when you spend time asking the Holy Spirit to fill you, and when you spend time in the harvest. Mm -hmm. And you do that enough, you'll reach lost people. Yep. And so, I, I just, I just always think that it gets back down to that. It doesn't, you, you can, you don't have to be the greatest preacher, although preaching matters. You should grow in that. You don't have to have the greatest worship experience. If you're a church plant, you're probably not going to, you know, mm -hmm. church down the street is probably going to have a little better, whatever, you know, you don't have to have the greatest kids programs. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have the greatest facilities, you know, whatever. But what you do have to do because God tells you to is you have to spend time on your knees in prayer. You have to spend time being filled, asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you have to spend time in the harvest. And I'm just, I'm just convinced if you do that enough, you'll reach lost people. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you, um, and and I think uh, you know a lot of our listeners probably do, and and I hope all, I pray all of our listeners do, uh, and I think that that. Even there's a lot of guys, a lot of planners that would agree with that theologically, and they'll agree with it conceptually. But then yeah. when it uh, when it comes when the rubber hits the road, um, and the pressure starts to turn up, whether that's pressure from the outside of you know you've got partners pressuring you, or or you've got reports that you got to do, or whether mm -hmm. it's pressure from yourself and you've just put these expectations on yourself, when that, it's not always easy to grow to 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 see fruit that way, right? Yeah. Like it takes time. It is hard. 
it's hard yeah. to persevere in prayer. It is hard to go out in the harvest and you're yeah. not, you know, we don't have guaranteed results. It's not like, you know, if you spend X amount of time in the harvest sharing the gospel and then you're going to get X amount of disciples. Um, I mean, there is a principle in which the more you share the gospel, the more fruit you'll see. But, you know, like for, for example, uh, you know, us last two months, man, yeah. we've been going out multiple times a week and we have not seen yeah. one baptism in the past two months. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it, that's part of that is that we can't control it. And so I think what happens is that like plants get um, sucked into this consumerist mindset, in my opinion, because they begin to feel the pressure or the pull of that Sunday morning attendance mm. and they cave to it because, um, it, you know, it's a lot easier to make a microwave dinner than it is to make a meal from scratch, right? Yeah. Like a meal from scratch tastes way better. It's better for you long-term. It's going to have healthier results on your body. Yeah. But man, a lot of times we just get frustrated with the recipe or we don't have something and we don't want to go to the store and we don't want to go get it. And, yeah. you know, like we've, you know, we're uncomfortable. We've never done this before. And then there's that microwave dinner just sitting in the freezer that just seems really fast and easy. And we ultimately decide we're just going to pop in that microwave dinner. And that microwave dinner, what that microwave dinner is, is let's just go send out some more flyers. Let's yeah. just, let's do a new sermon series and that'll fix the yeah. problem. And it's not, that, like you said, those things are not bad in and of themselves, no. but that's that's a that's a superficial way to grow yeah. your church. Well, what you're talking about is shortcuts. Yeah. If you if you if you do if you come home and like yeah it's okay you come home you've been busy all day you know uh you don't you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to cook a meal so you order pizza it's okay to do that you know once or twice a month but if you start doing it every single night you know you're gonna get overweight you're gonna get uh you're gonna make your body sick you're gonna do all these kinds of things mm -hmm. and so at the end of the day how do you stay healthy you prepare your meals you do the right thing you know and yeah. let's be honest like the illustration is comparative in church planning. You can take all kinds of shortcuts in church planning. Mm -hmm. You can try to convince Christians to come on your core team. You can, you know, yeah, you can do all the marketing and all that kind of stuff, you know, and it's part of it, but nothing replaces yep. like, uh, evangelism. Mm -hmm. Nothing replaces that. I, I talked to our church. We launched a series this past Sunday through the gospel of Mark and just talking about how Jesus was a servant leader, you know, and, mm -hmm. and how, his life and his mission and uh, we're, we're talking about as a church being on mission. And, um, you know, I told him, I said, you know, I, I, I look out and I see empty seats. Yep. You know, we got empty chairs back there that we could bring in. But, you know, I, I, t I told him, I said, you know, who doesn't have empty seats? The Jehovah Witness Hall. I just drove by there and I said, I, I don't think you could. There's a parking space there. They are packed out. But you know why they're packed out? They're giving a false gospel but they're packed out because they're in their harvest all the time. They're constantly knocking on doors. They're constantly spreading their message. Now they got these tables set up in downtown areas, you know, giving out these flyers, all these, you know, all this kind of stuff. And um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And I think that principle goes to the harvest. Yep. You know, we, um, I, or I'm challenging our team right now. We're looking at acquiring some space um, in Pickering, and it's challenging because a lot of our team lives like in Whippy or outside of, you know, Pickering's getting more and more expensive to live in. But um, we hit the harvest up, you know, once a week. We'll go into the harvest, and we invite people to go in the harvest with us. But, you know, we get space. We're going to hit the harvest Tuesday through Friday. We're going to do it four days a week. 
we're going to do something in the harvest four days a week. And we're going to commit to an hour to 90 minutes doing something, whether it's in the wintertime, passing out winter kits and sharing the gospel. It's, if it's setting up a hot chocolate table, all those kinds of things. And I, I'm, I'm sure you're going to lead us into more discussion of how to be in the harvest. So I don't want to steal any thunder. But but my whole point is this. If, if you if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. Yep. You yep. know, and it's I, I remember one time you asked me, you said we were in a meeting. You said, you know, there's really no reason why. A Christian shouldn't share the gospel with somebody every single day. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're right. Like, why Why shouldn't there be? But you think about how many Christians are doing that. Very few. Yeah. Well, so. And, and so I have a, I have a friend uh, who's a planner and, and I, you know, I, uh, I know his heart. Like he wants, he wants so badly for his, his people to be, you know, reaching their friends and their family and their neighbors. Yeah. And I know uh, I, I've talked with him in the past and he's been frustrated. He's been really frustrated because they're just not doing it. Yeah. I just think there's so many people who are in that boat who are planters that they start with this passion to want to reach lost people and the planters are doing it. They're, they're, they're out and they're talking to people. They're sharing the gospel with people that they come across. But two years in, they look up and what they've got is they've got a church plant that's growing, but most of their time is being taken up preparing their preparing for Sunday morning. It's, it's, it's putting out fires and making sure everything's set up to go for Sunday morning, preparing their sermon and everything like that. Uh, they've got uncommitted people who are coming to the church, uh, who are very flaky. Most of them were already believers who have transferred in from other churches and the great people that, you know, they love the Lord, but you know, they're not really making disciples. They're not yeah. sharing the gospel. And the planner feels alone. Like he's really the only one who's actually out there making disciples. Mm-hmm. And he's frustrated. And he can look up and go, how did I end up here? This was not what I yeah. envisioned when I started this. What I envisioned when I started this was I wanted a team of people around me. And we were going out into the harvest, Book of Acts style. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. And so I guess that's what I really want us to, to kind of to address in this episode is where's the disconnect between... Yeah between that vision and that desire and then yeah. where this planner ends up, because I think like most church plants are in that boat. Like most of them are in that boat a couple of years in. Yeah. And I, I don't think it has to be that way. And I don't think it has to stay that way. I think, I think most people to answer your question. I think a lot of plants get in that boat for various reasons. Uh, part of it is because the DNA, they don't start with a, uh, they don't start with a, an evangelism mentality. They start with a lot of church people, you know, so like we, we advocate team church planning We're we're for, uh, you know, core teams and all that kind of stuff, man. But I, but I'm telling you, like, I'm really thankful we start with a bunch of lost people mm-hmm. and, um, you know, lost people, know lost people. Yeah. And well, I, t- I was telling somebody the other day, that yeah. if you, if, if, if you don't have like new believers on your core team that you've led to Christ and the harvest, yeah. then it's all talk. Until you do like yeah. all you're talking about, like being about the harvest, it's all talk. Yeah. Until you got some. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know yeah. Be, being in, engaging on a regular basis, you know, yep. and, I, and I think a lot of for, for people who do join your core team who are Christians and they're like, man, I want to be on mission. You train them, you know, you teach them tools, you give them tools and then you give people various on ramps. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, like we're the worst at doing this, man. Like when I say we, I mean me, like I'm, I'm a type a, I'm like a, you're either with us or you're against us kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, God's breaking me of some of that. Some of that's a profit in me. You know, I just see things. 
very apostolic. I see things very black and white, you know, and you're going to either get on mission and obey or you're not going to be on mission. Mm-hmm. And as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm learning to be more gracious with people to understand that everybody's wired up differently and, and people are going to get on that bus, but they're going to get on in different ways, you know? And so how can you, so uh, like for us, if I was picking, we're talking, okay. So if, if this group of people is not sharing their faith right now, how can we get a win for them? Mm-hmm. You know, prayer walking is a win. Yep. They can go, we can take them into their neighborhood and we can give them a prayer guy and we can teach them how to prayer walk, mm-hmm. you know? Um, we have evangelism newspapers, challenge newspapers. Great. You know, you, you can go in and you can pass that out. Say, Hey, can I share some good news with you? You know, that's a win. You're giving, you're giving them some small wins to start to learn. And at the same time, teaching them tools, you know, we're going to get into no place left stuff, but we've taught our people multiple times, several, you know, the no place left tools and all those kinds of things. We're going to be doing it again, you know, in November through the month of November and, and slowly, but surely though, Right. You're, 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 you're giving them some wins yep. to get on board and to be a part of that. But, but I think so many church planners to get back to your question, you know, they're like, they look behind and like, this is not what I envisioned. Mm-hmm. Well, how are you, how are you bringing people? Our job as leaders is to see what could be. It's, it's to, it's to look at somebody and not say, man, you are one pathetic loser that won't live your life on mission. Mm -hmm. It's to say, how can I get this guy or gal on mission? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's come hang out with me Mm -hmm. and let's do this together, you know, slowly, but surely. And you know, man, we're the worst guys like you and me, like we're the worst dude, because, uh, we are those apes and you're evangelistically been, I I know evangelism is not a natural gift for you. But um, but you do it out of obedience consistently, and we're, we're, we're like, just do it, you loser. Just share the gospel, yeah. and and I think so many times, and and I would just push back a little bit about what you said about planners. I think I see a lot of planners that aren't consistently in the harvest. They're not, they're not sharing the gospel on a regular basis, and they're they're reverting back to Sunday mornings mm-hmm. and they're saying like, that's how we're going to grow this church. And I, I coach guys all the time and I'm like, talk to me about your harvest time. And it's like when I'm at a coffee shop, like I'll share the gospel or I'm like, what does that mean when you say share the gospel? Yeah. And what you get down to it is it's they not, might talk they about their, the they did not share the gospel. Right. And I think yeah. that's, you and I've talked about that before too. Yeah. Well, I, I just say that like, if you're, if that's you and, and you know, and you're listening, um, like, and, and you're not actually like, like, so sharing the gospel means, you know, that we're telling people that they are a sinner, uh, that yeah. is separated from God and they are going to spend eternity separated from God in hell. If they do not have a savior and Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, and he's that savior. And then in actually inviting them to place their faith mm-hmm. and trust in Jesus, right. And talking about yeah. judgment day, things like that. And like, if you're not doing that, then, um, you know, like you got to start because that probably means your people aren't doing it. Yeah. And I mean, if you're, if you and your people aren't doing that, then what I would just ask, like, what are you doing? And how can you faithfully ask the Lord of the harvest to, to bring you more workers if you're not working? Well, and you're not equipping the workers. <laughs> and, you're, and not you're not equipping, equipping the, the saints, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I think, I think we get there in a myriad of different ways. Mm-hmm. I think we get to that, that place where you look behind you and you're like, wow, we are super Sunday morning centric. Yep. We have everything revolves around Sunday morning. Um, and, and we're putting a lot of time and energy in Sunday morning. It's like, what, what about our mission field? Like, what about our Jerusalem? You know, uh, um, what, what about our Jerusalem? What are we doing here? Well, you know, getting people to come on Sunday morning is it, is it, again, it's like a, it's like a microwave snack. It's, it's easier than making a disciple. 
Making right. a disciple is hard work. Yeah. Um, it's because number one, you're opening yourself up to rejection when you go yeah. out and you share the gospel. Uh, you're opening yourself up to heartache because uh, relationally, you're going to be a lot more invested yeah. and involved than somebody who's just visiting on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Like it is hard, man, when yeah. you lead somebody to Christ and then they and then they fall away. That that yeah. wrenches your heart, and eventually, like man, it happens over and over. And and man, it's 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 tough, right? It hurts. So, yeah. like, and I think you know, a lot of times, guys, just it's easier, right, to focus on well, you know, but we can throw some money at this Sunday morning thing. Yeah. And, you know, we can come up with some cool graphics and I can do this catchy sermons, you know, series and we can start to fill up the seats here. And then we feel like, OK, we're doing something for the kingdom. I'm doing something good. And we justify it by saying, hey, these people are hearing the gospel on Sunday mornings. I'm yeah. preaching the gospel. So, you know, we're doing it. But but really what you're doing is you're just kind of skirting around your disobedience of yeah. not being in the harvest. You know, man, like um, I, I, I'm sure you've gotten this before a bunch of times by people, but. I've had pastors and planners and anybody else in between ask me, you know, like why the door to door thing, you know, it's like, why, why do you, why do you go door to door? And, and honestly, you know, like door to door is probably the toughest road to hoe. Um, it's, you know, you can go into a busy downtown area and stuff. And we've, we've, I know you guys have been experimenting a lot with that over the past year and we have too, and you get a little bit more success, I think, quite mm-hmm. frankly, mm-hmm. but, um, at least in, in, in Canada, you do. Yeah. In, in Canada, our, in our context, in our context. Yep. but you know, like the reason why door to door is because it's tangible. I can, I can, I can say, this is we're we're going to go into the harvest, and we can say we're gonna we're gonna knock on doors for an hour, and we're gonna engage people with the gospel for an hour. We're taking the gospel to the people. Mm-hmm. You can do that downtown. You can do that anywhere. But that's why door to door. It's not because I think door to door is like the greatest possible evangelism way ever. Mm-hmm. Although we've seen a lot of fruit out of it, mm-hmm. you know, over the past few years. Yeah. But I, but, but the reason why door to door is because it's something tangible. It's something that you do. You know, the problem with people that say, well, like, I'm, I, I do relational evangelism or, or, uh, you know, Jesus shared as he went. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of things. You ain't Jesus, first of all. And sec- secondly, yes, we look to him as our ultimate example and model, but you will never share Jesus as you go until evangelism becomes a discipline of your life mm-hmm. where you schedule it, where you say, like, Okay, this is my harvest time. I'm prioritizing this. Yep. And I'm going to teach other people to prioritize it. And then you'll start sharing Jesus more freely in line at the Tim's or Starbucks or wherever you have coffee. Then it will become part of your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, out of that overflow, but that that's what that's what I would say. Yeah, absolutely. But one of the some of the things um for our listeners that we've tried to do and and again like you know, Matt and I are not we would never say that like we've we've got this all figured out, no. or that, you know, or that we're, no our churches are perfect at this or nope. great at it. They're not. We're and still trying to get our people on mission. Yeah, and I mean, there's frustrations we've got. Like there's consistency issues sometimes, but overall, man, like I look like I love our church. I, yeah. I love being a part of this church. I love our people because, man, like they're they're doing it. Like they're yeah. they're out in the harvest with us and they're sharing the gospel. And we've got and they come back with stories. And so, um, it's it's exciting. Um. But, you know, one of the couple of things we've we've done is that, um, you know, like we said earlier, we started with a with a core team that was partially made up of the harvest, new believers that we led to Christ. Right. Because, again, like if you want that to be a part of the DNA from the beginning of your church plan, but it's all talk, then that's going to be difficult. But it was Mm. easy for us for it to be a part of our DNA, because like we could tell people like, 
hey, we're about getting into the harvest and we're about reaching lost people. Look, and we could literally point at yeah. people on our core team and then they could say, yeah, you know, yeah. Jer- Jared and Jen came and talked to me about this and da, 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 you know, and from the very beginning, we were teaching these new believers how to do the same thing, Absolutely. how to share. Uh, and so we just made it very clear that that's what we're about. And you know what? People who tended to want to be spectators, they've just never stuck around at Fellowship Postula. Yeah. It's like they, they just kind of, they kind of uh, weed themselves out on this. Yeah, and it's not like you say to those people like, "Hey, hey, you're not welcome here." No, no. But and you know, we we tell people all the time, you can track with us. You know, it's like membership. You know, people yep. say, "Why membership?" You know, well, you can track with us for sure. as long as you want to till Jesus comes back. You know, but this is what a covenant membership looks like. Yep. And um, yeah, man, I, I I think that's really I think that's a really good word. Some people are just going to say like ah, I don't really want to be on mission. Yeah. Some people have never been taught how to be on mission, and so they say like Wow, I can do this. Like Yeah, you can do this. God says everybody can do this that knows Him, and so you, you're going to get some of that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get some some turnover and some people who who who, who quite frankly they don't want to do those things. And they're going to not stick around in your church. Yep. And you have to ask yourself, like, is that a bad thing? If the goal is just to fill up my church with bodies, then it's a bad thing. Yep. If the goal is to get people on mission, then it's okay. You can live with that. Yeah, for sure. One of the other things that um, kind of keeping, you know, like keeping that consumeristic mindset yeah. of the way and, yeah. and not just, you know, accumulating bodies, yeah. but actually having a living breathing body, yeah. you know, is, um, yeah, I, I actually got this idea from Peyton Jones, his first book, church zero, yeah. um, where he talked about how he planted a church. And one of the things that they did was, I think it was maybe him or somebody he knew they planted a church and they put coffee tables uh, yeah. in there and then they put chairs in like a, a semicircle around it and, and, um, kind of had it like family style. Mm-hmm. And that was the way that they set up their sanctuary and then they would have like actually have like discussion questions yeah. sometimes in the middle of the sermon, sometimes after it, whatever uh, they would have participatory things. And so we did that from day one. Yeah. And so I, that's one of the reasons that people who just want to come and like spectate don't feel comfortable at our church yeah. because, because that it's, you really can't, it's yeah. impossible to come to our church and just be a bystander because you're going to get invited into this conversation. Yeah. And you know, we have discussion questions after the service. Like right now we're going through a series in Romans and as a church together, we are, I'm having our church memorize six passages of scripture that kind of can walk yeah. people through the three circles yeah. uh, so that they got the scripture memorized. Yeah. And so during the service, we literally practice it out loud yeah. as a congregation together. So we say the passages of scripture out loud yeah. and like, we'll put it on a screen and then we'll take the words away and I'll have them say it out loud together. Yeah. So just, you know, things that I never would have seen stuff like that growing up in the no. churches I went to ever no. like, because well, well, that, that throws the program off. And like, yeah. What if the transitions aren't smooth? And it's just like, doesn't matter. Well, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Especially where you are. People here in South Austria, people aren't going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm that, that, that just that program just wasn't efficient. For, you know, yeah. they don't care as much. And so I'll be honest, man, I don't care if I was in thinking work, you know, yeah. Texas. I don't, but, I, but what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, is you got to know your context and you also got to understand what you value. You know what I mean? Like church planners, you know, um, we, we've had this conversation before. I mean, like, you know, just because I guess what I don't want people to hear though yeah. is that like, 
Well, well, it's my context. So we, you know, my context. Uh, so you know, I, you know, people don't don't like to, you know, do evangelism. In my context, no, no, that's know? not that's not the point. That, like, but it, it's not about like. But every planner is different. Like you and know, I've talked about this before. I would never do that at Fellowship Pickering, not because I think it's a bad thing, but because I I would want to do something differently. You know what I mean? And so every planner is going to have every planner is going to have their mindset or mentality with how to do these things that we're talking about in a little different way. And what I'm trying to say is that's okay. Mm -hmm. As long as you're doing them, as long as you're expressing them, as long as you're conveying them, not every, every plant has a program. You have a program, whether you realize it or not, right? At Fellowship Oshawa, Mm -hmm. a Fellowship Pickering has a program. First Baptist, whatever has a program. Every church has a program and, and it's not, it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad or good or whatever. The whole point is what we're talking about today is, are you equipping people? Mm-hmm. Like if you're equipping people, then that's okay. So you're going to like the way, the way you guys do it. I love it. I've been there before. It's great. It fits your church. That's why I mean context. I mean, it fits your church. I don't feel like it fit my church the, the best way. And that's what I'm saying. Every planner kind of has to make that decision on, on what you're doing. But the whole point is, are you equipping your people mm-hmm. to be on mission? Mm-hmm. Are you equipping your people to share the gospel? And I think what happens is, to your point, if if you're so consumed and concerned with your program going off perfect, then you're you're concerned with the wrong things. Yeah. You're you're not concerned with equipping people. You're concerned with oh, is this transition going to be smooth or is this transition going to work? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you can't be caught up in that kind of stuff. You got to be more concerned, especially in the beginning days, man, of your church plant. Like your church in that first year, they're they're going to take on the identity and DNA that you infuse into them. Mm-hmm. So they they only know what you know. If you're reaching lost people, if you're in the harvest, if you're engaging lost people, they they don't they don't have this idea. Yeah. of church like you do. Yep. And so if you're so concerned with like the program and the experience that they're going to get, that's what, that's what I, that's what I don't understand sometimes about planners. They come in and they'll say like, um, well, I want my church to be evangelistic, but they go right back to what they've always known. Yep. They go back right back to what well, they were always they, brought up they, with. And they think that they're, <clears throat> they think that they're doing their part by talking about being evangelistic. Yeah. And that does not, that yeah. doesn't do it. You can't just right. talk about. There's a lot of churches that talk about being evangelistic. Tons of churches in the South talk about it, and yet 98% of Christians aren't making disciples, right. according to the Billy Graham Association. So right. obviously, talking about it doesn't do the trick. And right? churches are dying. We're we're, yeah. we're planning we're planning just enough churches right now within the North American Mission Board Sin Network. We're planning just enough churches right now keep to keep water. our head above water. Yeah, you trend, know what I mean? Water right now. But but you know it's. But it's it's crazy. Um, it, to get back to what we were talking about this past Sunday, you know, I asked I asked our church, you know, I was talking about Jehovah's Witness. I said, raise your hand if you've ever had Jehovah's Witness knock on your door, mm-hmm. and um, like everybody raised their hand. And I was like, now raise your hand if like a practicing Christian has like ever knocked on your door. And a lot of people raised their hands. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't think that question through, yeah. but, but a lot of them like we had knocked on their doors, like yeah. fellowship bickering people. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that one didn't really go off. Well, well but if you, you know. went to like, but you, I know what you're saying. If you would go to most churches, like you're not going to have anybody raise their hand. Yeah. When, when you ask that second question. Yeah. Because when I think back about door to door doesn't work, Matt, I know it doesn't. Yeah. That's what We've they tell told. me. That's what, but, that's what people tell me. But, but you know, Man, I that that passage that Paul says in Second Corinthians nine six, man, God has just been using that to beat my heart up lately because I just, I just, I'm convinced that God has given us, God has given us the, I hate 
the, the recipe. I know it's not the right word or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he's told us, man, we got this message. We've got the gospel. We've got the good news. Mm-hmm. And we just got to help. We got to get our people to come and do it with us. Yeah. So let's let's just kind of, how do we do that? People yeah. are listening. How do you get your people to to get on mission with you? Yeah, I think that's a kind let's of talk a about some of those to, things. Yeah, like, and this would be for number one for uh, somebody who maybe you're a couple years into your plant and you're looking up and going, man, we're way off track and yeah. we, it's not a part of a culture and we want to turn this ship around. And it's for people who you are about to plant or you haven't yet planted and you're thinking through like, how can I make sure it's part of our culture from day one? Yeah, like yeah, we. Li- like let's talk about some actual steps, and I would say like let me let me again reiterate 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 that's not a word <laughs> reiterate a couple of things that will not work. Yeah, um, a sermon series on evangelism will not solve that problem. Yeah, nothing wrong with doing a sermon series on evangelism, yeah. but that can't be your solution. Um, a new evangelism program, I see that like we we throw programs. Uh, at problems and and hope that that will fix it. Like, yeah. you know, like somebody else comes out with the latest, you know, like, you know, evangelism technique. And if we just do this program and get our people to go to this program, then mm. they'll turn into evangelists. Nope, that's not going to work. Yeah. I think step 1A is got to be, you have to get your rear end in the harvest. Yeah. If you're not doing it, you've got to start modeling and then you need to start finding people on your team who are willing to go with you. Invite somebody with you. Invite them with you. There's a reason. I I had a guy tell me one time, you know, like he was like, you know, what if it's just you? And I I mean, unfortunately, when we first came here, because we didn't, I mean, like I didn't, we didn't have anybody. So it was just me. And I'd I'd take one of my boys with me a lot of times. And by the way, kids are great when you're going door to door. But, um, but going twos, there's a reason why Jesus sent them out in twos. Mm -hmm. You know, to encourage one another, to pray, be prayed up and all that kind of stuff. But find somebody. There's somebody in your church. I can almost promise you they want to be on mission, but they have no clue. Mm-hmm. And this, these these things come off as so radical to people these days yep. in 2018. Yep. Hey, we're going to go and like knock on doors or we're going to go and like pray with people downtown and share the gospel. And pe- it sounds so radical. Like in our context, especially up here, you know, this 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 idealism of of uh of post-modernity and postmodernism, it is so saturated our society here. And like, you know, people like that's private. I don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, no, if you know Jesus, that's not private. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as undercover Christianity. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's somebody in your church to your point that you can invite to take out with you. Yeah. And, and you really need to, and I recognize that, you know, like <laughs> you may be listening and you're hearing that and it's kind of like, it's kind of like whenever you're, you know, like somebody, you know, like the next weight loss program and you're looking yeah. for like a way to lose weight and, and there's all these, you know, like, oh, this pill or do this special yeah. diet or this workout will get you, you know, you'll, you know, lose seven pounds in three days or whatever. And in the end, you know, like we're kind of like right now, we're the guys that are coming to you and saying, dude, you just need to stop freaking eating like cake and start eating fruits <laughs> yeah. and vegetables and yeah. start exercising. You'll lose weight. Like calorie deficit. Right. Yeah, like it's stop, like stop eating more calories than yeah. you're burning. And yeah, that's it's really that simple. Yeah, and that's what that's what it is. It's a good like, illustration. Like we just, dude, you gotta yeah. get in the harvest and you gotta start taking people yeah. with you. That's step one. I yeah, mean, it's not that complicated. It's a good illustration, you know. It's like, man, I gotta lose weight. Well, we'll tell you, stop eating so much bad stuff and exercise more, <laughs> sleep good, and you lose weight. It's you know, yeah. it's it and, and it's the same the same thing with like we've gotten bad habits. Like mm-hmm. you know, I've adopted bad habits in my life. That's why I'm having trouble losing weight. I gotta lose weight. You know, and so what do I got? 
got to do. I got to take on good habits. Mm -hmm. And the difference is, of course, is that with what we're talking about here, it's like the Bible tells us very clearly, you know, how to do it. Somebody, you know, I don't know about you, man, but ever since I was a little kid, it, it feels like this conversation has been ongoing in church life about evangelism. You know, I mean, like we got to share the, we got to share the gospel. We got to, you know, we got to, we got to be on mission. We got to do this and that. And, you know, and, um, and so like we'd have revivals, you'd have a fall revival, you'd have a summer revival, you know, and that, and so you program this revival and an evangelist comes in and you're supposed to bring people to that service and they get saved. And I'm not, I'm not knocking evangelists by no means. I have good friends who are in, in itinerant evangelists and they have great ministries, but man, that can't be the only thing you do. And I think I know like churches I've, I've come from, there's always like a couple of people that were like really passionate about evangelists, you know, and they'd be like, well, he's, Oh, they're really, they're really passionate about evangelism. And it's like, pastors didn't say it, but it's almost like, you know, they're passionate about evangelism. So you don't have to be, what's your gift? What are you good at? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not what we see in scripture nope. In scripture. We see everybody, you know, either doing evangelism based on, their yes they're calling their giftedness or just their obedience and i think that's what you got to get you got to get back to there's there's no there's no shortcut mm-hmm. there's no there's no solution you know except for this stuff yep. you have to engage your harvest in any way possible mm-hmm. now he, he, this is what i've learned personally i've learned that when i'm in the harvest when our team and people in our church are in the harvest and when we're doing that on a consistent basis and we're praying, I've learned that God will bring people from our website. Mm-hmm. God will bring people from a Facebook ad. God will bring people from a flyer, you know? And and so like, I, I don't, we don't hear us say like all that stuff's bad because it's not, it's not either or it's, it's both. And mm-hmm. you do it all. Yeah. I'll do anything to get somebody to the cross, mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And I know like going out and knocking on doors, even if you, you know, you, you, you're doing it with 30 people on a consistent basis, that's going to be a long road. Oh, that's going to take some time. So reach the masses, do social media, do all those things. I think if Jesus was here, he'd, he'd broadcast his message different today. Sure. He'd utilize those tools. Sure. So yeah, nothing wrong. We, we no, we still do that. We know we, we absolutely do Facebook ads and, you know, and we try to, we try to do a good job. Um, yeah. you know, we've got a good website, um, you know, and so, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, it, we get people that come through those yeah. avenues too. And we're thankful for that. But yeah, like you said, it's gotta be a both and it can't, you can't, that can't be like what you begin to lean on as a crutch. So I think it's important for us to tell our listeners too. you could speak in this as well, but I know, um, you know, I, I wrestle hard because I'm I'm never gonna just gonna be okay with people saying like, nah, I really don't want to do that. And I think when I get to a point where like I'm okay with it, then you know, I probably need to go do something else. But the reality of it is, is there's a lot of people that are not gonna do these things in your church. They're gonna be like, I'm not really I'm not gonna really do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think as and I think A, it breaks the father's heart and it breaks my heart. But you cannot let those things, you cannot let the one or two detractors deter, you know, deter you. You can't, uh, you can't let them derail your mission. 
and people who are like, ah, oh, that's, that's radical. That's crazy. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to do that. You know, or I'm not, I'm not going to stick behind after church for training, or I'm not going to go to a sa- all day Saturday training. You know what, man, move with the movers, mm-hmm. move with the people yeah. that do want to do it. Right. And if you, if, if you are, if you're going to sit there and throw a pity party for every person that won't be on mission, you, you're never going to be on mission. You're never going to lead your people. Well, you got to move. We say that all the time in the network, you got to move with the movers Mm -hmm. and yeah, it hurts, man. When you love people and you know, they're never going to, they're never going to have the best Mm -hmm. that God has for their lives because they refuse to be on mission. You hate it as their shepherd, but what are you going to do? Yeah. uh, one of the points that I was going to make too um, is we need to be making, um, getting in the harvest and and accountability for evangelism a part of our discipleship as yeah, well. Like that's good. one of the reasons it doesn't happen is because we don't we're not asking people if they're doing it. We're not expecting them to do it. Uh, we're basically just giving them almost like a free pass on it to yeah. their own detriment. Yeah, um, we're not helping. We're not doing them any favors by that. Yeah. I know that. You know, they might not act like they want you to ask them about their how they're evangelizing, but it's honestly for their their good because it's for their joy. And so, like, that needs to be a part of what you ask them about. Like, we ask, I know you guys do this too. We'll ask, we ask our people, like, what stories do you have this week from the harvest? Mm-hmm. Like, we expect stories from the harvest. Like, yeah. we expect you to be out there. And if you're not, like, something's wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's a deeper issue. And that's that's what I think this all comes down to, man. Like, like you're saying, you're all, you're going to, everybody's going to have people who aren't going to do these things. And, you know, and, and, and to, honestly, like, it's sad that, that that's true. And it's sad that we have to, you know, come to expect that. Uh, I think it, you know, this is another podcast episode for another time, but I, I think it's symptomatic of a, a much deeper yeah. uh, heart issue in the church here in North America. I, I think what it really comes down to, man, is that, is that pe- people love their lives more, more, yeah. more than, too much. They so love it, their lives more than Christ. And, it's an idol problem, bro. Yeah. Well, no, because people don't, people don't want to be uncomfortable. That's exactly people right. don't want to be uncomfortable. They, they yeah. love their lives and they love their comfort too much. And so ultimately when it all comes down to it, that's, you know, brush aside all the excuses. That's yep. what it comes down to every single yeah. time. And you know what, what makes me sad, I guess sometimes it puts like, I have some fear into my heart yeah. on their behalf. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I read Luke nine twenty six, and Jesus says, whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, will the son of man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory yeah. of the father and of the holy angels. And I just, man, it just makes me think sometimes about a lot of the people in our churches. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you mentioned Billy Graham earlier. Billy Graham mentioned one time that I don't want to throw a number out there, but it was really high mm-hmm. about the percentage of people who aren't genuinely converted in the life of our church. Yep. At churches and um, even before this podcast was, you know, we were having a conversation about some of the thing, those things, and I mean, it's it is disturbing, yep. it's frightening. Mm-hmm. I think that um, I think that our people, I think that our churches don't understand that Satan is playing for keeps. Yep. This is not a game no. to the enemy, and mm-hmm. we got to get we got to get serious about this stuff, men, because, you know, we talk about evangelism. We talk about getting people on mission. Our, our lives aren't our own. And Bible says we're servants. The Bible says we're slaves. Slaves don't get to pick and choose what they do with their time, what they, what they do with their lives. We're slaves. Mm-hmm. And I think 
you know, the heartbreaking part about it is, is there's so many people that don't know Christ and they are, they're going to spend eternity away from God. And until we, something we try to pray often, my wife and I, and our, and, and I lead our team to this. We, we try to pray for the father's heart to see, to see the harvest as the father sees. Well, how does the father see He's the Bible tells us Jesus sees them like sheep without a shepherd. They're lost. They, they need help. We knocked on a guy's door last week. His name was Richard. Knocked on this guy's door. Started out telling us how he's uh, an ag- he's agnostic. And by the end of the conversation, the guy's talking about telling us about how he just now lost his best friend of forty four years. And the first thing he does when he feels uh, problems or stress or depression in his life is he asks God for help. Does that sound like an agnostic to you? No. Nope. But we don't even have conversations with people. Why, dude? Because we're we're afraid. We're afraid they're going to mock us. Well, the Bible tells us you're going to get mocked. Mm-hmm. First John says that if the world doesn't do that to you, you're probably in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, man, I just see, and this could be an entire different episode. And I don't want to take us off the rails here. But man, we have just we have gone. My wife Erica and I was talking about this the other night. We we. The church is so in love with the world, man. The church is so in love with the approval of the world. They want the world to love them. Mm-hmm. And it's frightening, Jared, to me. When I look at it, you know, I, I see I see some of this stuff and it's like, what are we doing? What what are these guys doing? It's it's the b- authors are writing books and and sermons are being preached where there's no cross, there's no gospel, there's no consequence of sin. And you know, in all sincerity, God help us because man, even in the know, churches where the gospel is being preached, yeah. bro, like, like I, there's a, there's a church that, um, I preached at one time and you know, and they, they're a gospel preaching, gospel loving church. Yeah. And, um, but man, I, you know, I asked a, a question one time when I was preaching there and you know, just asked, um, how many people in this you know place, and there's about 500 people in there have led somebody to Christ and have started and, and, yeah. and, and have started discipling them. One person, one person, and you know who that person was? The pastor, was I the bet. Senior pastor. There you go. One out of 500, man. It's insane. I mean, and this is a gospel preaching church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Southern Baptists. And- but, 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 you know, <laughs> but the, but the problem is, is that even in those churches that preach the gospel and you and I know them, they're great churches, man. And you know, and we're, and we're not throwing stones at these churches, no. but like God's people, we, we got to wake up, man. We like, this thing is coming to an end. <laughs> like this world is, this isn't our home. Like we're here for such a tiny amount of time. And, but you know, the problem is, I think the problem is that's that's why I love so much. Like I love people's been talking about the kingdom of God forever, and I and everybody has. But I love what Jeff, how Jeff talks about the kingdom. You know, Jeff Christopherson. Jeff you know, and and he he talks about how in any given moment we're either advancing the kingdom or we're against the kingdom. I love that terminology and that ideology. We're either shining light into dark places, you know, and we're on mission or we're not. There's no there's no middle ground. And advancing and, the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. That's one, it. One or the other. Always. That's it. Yeah. There's no that, neutral. That's it. And I and I and I I was talking to a planner today. You know, I feel like 
I see we, we live in the mushy middle. I call it the mushy middle, man. We just live in the mushy middle. Like I, I got the best of this world and I got the best of that world. Like I can be obsessed with this and love this. And, and, but I got my, I got my ticket punched. I'm going to heaven, you know, and it's, and it's just like, man, we need, we need more. We need revivals. What we need, we need the spirit to come and just fall on God's people and show them, you know, that it's, it's not about this life. It's not about this world. And and here's the thing, you know, as, as we're wrapping up this today, I would say church planner, if you're listening to this or leader, if you're listening to this or lay person, if you're listening to this, you're listening to this, you came across this episode and you're like, man, I wish our leadership would, would want to be on mission. Mm-hmm. It can start with you. Yeah. It can start with you. Right. And you, you know where it starts? It starts on your knees. Mm-hmm. You got to get you got to get broken for yeah. this stuff. You got to get broken for this stuff. And when you start praying and you start asking the the father to show you his heart, man, God will do. He always starts in prayer. He always starts with prayer. He takes the spirit infuses his power mm-hmm. and God's will into the, in, into his people's lives. And um, that's where it happens. That's where all great revivals happen. That's where people begin to get on mission. Yeah. It starts with prayer. So I, I, the marching orders. Those would be my marching orders. Yeah, we give you all kinds of tools and Jared can point you to some of those. Um, but, but man, it's got to start with prayer until, right. until you get the heart of the father, mm-hmm. you'll never, you'll never have a heart for evangelism. Go, ro- go memorize Romans chapter nine, verses one to three and ask God for that heart for the apostle Paul's heart, where he said, I have deep sorrow and unceasing anguish for my kinsmen, uh, my brothers, according to the flesh, the Jewish yeah. people, right? And, and ask God for ask God to give you that heart. Um, that's one of the things I've been I've been continuing to pray, and I've been praying for a while for uh, for myself. And and you know I think just you know we weren't planning on taking this episode uh, in this direction, mm-hmm. but I think what it highlights is is kind of what Matt said a second ago that like the stakes are high. Like the reason we talk about establishing a culture of evangelism in your church plant is that that we're talking about like eternities here yeah we're talking about the eternities of the people that you shepherd mm-hmm. um we're talking about the eternities of the people that are in your community about the houses that that are that are surrounding the the, the your meeting place where your where your church gathers um your city i mean the the stakes it's just too important the stakes yeah. are just too high it's not a game this is real jesus is really coming back there's a real heaven and there's a real hell and we can't afford to just like not get this right. Yeah. Uh, we, we can't afford to just get caught up with running the Sunday morning machine. Um, man, what, what a, what a waste, man. And if you're a leader, listen to this, um, like you're going to be held accountable. Yep. Like I, I think that's very sobering. If you think about that, you know, if, if, if you're a leader, you're going to be held accountable to whether or not you led your church to win souls. Yep. Um, that's something we got to think about. Mm-hmm. So, yep, it is. Um, like Matt was saying, you know, if, if you're saying, man, I know, I, I know I've got some work to do on this and, and, but I need some help. Uh, there are some tools available to you. Um, first of all, you can reach out to myself or Matt, uh, at our email address, uh, that are, that's in the show notes and we'd be happy to, uh, to help you. Uh, you can also head over to www.noplaceleft.net. Um, there's a lot of really good tools, a lot of good evangelism yeah. tools on there. They've got YouTube videos for all of them. That's uh, we've uh, trained, we train all of our people 
uh, in those tools. There's mm-hmm. a tool called the Three Circles. It's it's a way to share the gospel. It's not the only way, but we found that it's a very effective way and a in a way that's easily transferable and and, and reproducible. And so uh, we'd encourage you to, to to jump on there and to check that out. Uh, check out some of those resources and. Um, yeah, the, the, the tools are there though. You know, I'd say like, there's no reason that you shouldn't be able to get equipped yourself and to equip others, uh, because we've got more tools available today than we ever have yeah. before. Uh, and so, and, and if you need, you know, somebody to help you get started, uh, and you want to know, well, how did, how did you guys roll this out at your churches and what that looks like? You know, like I said, reach out to us and we can definitely tell you how we did that. And, uh, we'd love to help you out. So, um, man, we're, we're, running along today, but I, I think it was worth it because I think this is just, you know, yeah. important. So, Amen. but we'll go ahead and wrap this up guys. Uh, we want to thank you guys, our listeners for, for tuning in today as always. And, um, make sure you head on over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com. And you can listen to other episodes there and also find the show notes with the links, uh, that I mentioned. Uh, and we need your help getting the word out. Uh, so if this episode has been a blessing to you, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, then please share it with people. Um, mm-hmm. That would really uh, help us out and it would help them out as well. Uh, so uh, just share it on your social media, on your Facebook or on your Twitter or Instagram or whatever, uh, and uh, and get it into the hands of more people. Uh, we'd be really grateful if you do that. Uh, we'll be back with another episode next Monday. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners.